You're listening to the Birdie Dad podcast. They can't make a birdie, but they can dad. And now your hosts, Jared, Brian, and Trevor. All right, what's up, golf dads? I'm Jared, and back with me are my co-hosts, Trevor and Brian. And we are here with the show to help you become a better dad and a better golfer. Do you ever think about what type of playing partner you are on the golf course? We're going to give you four tips to teach your kids on how to be a better golf partner. You know, uh, the purpose of this podcast is to make our listeners a better golfer. And I want to, you know, we talk about this a lot. We are not pro golfers. So the way we're going to make you a better golfer is really quite simple. Number one, we're going to help you become a better dad. And number two, your wife will be happier. Number three, your kids are going to be happier. Number four, you're going to get more time on the course. Leading to number five, you're going to be a better golfer. So that's the plan. Trevor, Brian, I hope you guys are making good progress in that, that you got a happy wife, happy kids, and you're on the course a little more often. Yeah, I'm still stuck on that number one bullet point there, trying to become a better dad first. So that's why I'm talking to you guys. <laughs> I, I will say through these uh, last 10 episodes, though, I've gotten some good tips from you guys on um, how to uh, do things like ask to go play golf. I mean, that the haircut uh, idea, Trevor, I, I've heard from many people that, that has helped tremendously. So um, doing some good. I'm learning a lot. So let's keep going. Oh, yeah. We're going to get you back on the course. I got a haircut moment coming up on Friday. I'm trying to figure out how to use this. So we'll yes. see. Oh, yes. we, we need to know more. <laughs> we're going to need to hear more. I hope you have something good planned for that. Yeah, she hasn't listened to that episode yet. So I think I'm still safe, but uh, we'll definitely see how it goes. All right. Well, let's talk about an opportunity to be better dads. And I was watching the other night, game four of the World Series, bottom of the ninth. I am a Dodgers fan. For those of you that don't know, I am in California. I, I am a huge Dodgers fan. It's bottom of the ninth. Brett Phillips is up to the plate. The Tampa Bay, they're down one run. And with two runners on, I don't know, did you guys see this moment when the Rays were down? Two runs with the run, two runners on, down by a seven to six? No, I so, didn't see it. Okay. So Brett Phillips, this is his first at bat in the World Series. He's up there facing Kenley Jansen. He gets a base hit. You have a, two runners on, one in scoring position. Chris Taylor in the outfield goes for the Dodgers to pick up the ball. He boots the ball, makes an error, recovers, picks it up, makes the throw to the cutoff man, Max Muncie. Muncie turns, fires at home. Will Smith is the catcher for the Dodgers, cannot make the catch, and the second runner scores easily. And it went down as one of the – it's going to go down as a big blunder in the World Series because the Dodgers were leading. They were up two games to one. This would have been up three games to one. And while we're not a baseball podcast, I really wanted to break it down. And, and again, a, a teachable moment for your kids. Because as you look at the play, if you go back and watch this, number one, the pitch location by Jansen is poor. Number two, Chris Taylor makes an error while he's fielding it, a routine you know, play on the outfield. He's just going to pick it up and fire it in. Most likely that first runner, he's, he's safe, but it's the second runner that's key. Then the next sequence is Max Muncie turns and his throw to home plate is offline. And then finally, Will Smith, the catcher, he rushes the catch. He drops the ball. The runner actually falls down in the play and he's unable to make the catch and the runner gets up and scores easily. But what I want to talk about is the key opportunity here is by Kenley Jansen. Because as a pitcher, after that ball is hit, Jansen, instead of doing what he's supposed to do, he freezes on the mound. 
And in baseball, I think we all learned in Little League, whenever there's going to be a play at the plate, what is the pitcher's role? Get behind the plate, right? <laughs> cover the catcher, cover the plate, cover home plate, right? And I'm not a pro baseball player, but I was taught that when I was about seven years old. And so really the point to teach your kids here as a better dad is that there's when you're in a team environment, there's always a place to be. In the moment, there's always somewhere you're supposed to be. And what we saw, it's not on the mound freezing. And I know we talked about this you know, with Dr. Cannon when she was on the show of being in the moment, you know, picturing different scenarios. And if you go back and watch that replay, Jansen never makes it to cover the plate. So when the throw is off, Will Smith drops the ball. Nobody's there to cover. The runner gets up and scores easily. Now, missing a pitch location, it happens. Giving up hits, that happens. But forgetting you're in the moment and where your spot is, that's where we want to teach our kids. You know, when you're in that team sport, you're in that team environment, what is your role on the team? Right. So go back, guys. If you didn't watch it, you need to go back and see that. Big moment for the Dodgers. Yeah, right? You got to give yourself and your team a chance, right? Just not freeze like that. I mean, that sounds like it's a pretty pretty huge error. On, I mean, comedy of errors for the whole play, but, you know, it's exactly what you can uh, uh, control yeah. is, you know, covering the plate. I think it's, you know, it's part of being a, a team member, right? Like in, in sports like golf and what I grew up doing, swimming, um, you're kind of by yourself, so it's all on you. So if you screw up, it's... It's, it's your result that's going to be impacted. But when you're on a team like that, yeah, I mean, everybody's working together and having a good time, kind of like a foursome in golf, right? You know, what kind of team member are you going to be in, 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 on the golf course with everybody else? Yeah, that's right. the big point of our show today, right? I mean, golf, we always think of as an individual performance, but you can actually have a lot of team moments and you're in that foursome. So the question to get into today, guys, when we're playing a foursome, what personality do you play best with and what personality do you play worst with? And which one, which one are you? What kind <laughs> of foursome player are you? Brian, you want to start off with this here? Yeah, no problem. So I'll, I'll first tackle um, what kind of like foursome member am I? Um, I'm always a positive player. Like I, I never like to focus on the negative or when you get into competitions, trying to like hope that your playing partner screws up and hits a shank, right? Like I played with those people before and they're always just kind of talking trash. I, I, I did that for a little bit of time when I was playing golf and it just makes everybody's day poor. So I learned, um, always be positive. So I like to be the positive person in the group. I was encouraging people, um, you know, having a good time focusing on, you know, the fact that you're not at work as opposed to, you know, how your golf game is going. Um, it seems to just kind of lift everybody up a little bit. Um, what do I play best with? Um, and it's going to sound uh, pretty um, vain in a way, but I play best with people um, that are worse than me <laughs> at golf. <laughs> and it's it's probably just because I'm I'm not trying to compare myself to them. Like I'm just out there just swinging free and, and having a good time and, and not necessarily, um, you know, focused on any kind of competition, right? So um, that's more of a a vain way to think about it, but eh, it's, it's reality. So you're the positive golfer and you like to play guys worse than you. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Maybe, maybe that's what keeps me positive. I don't know. All right. Trevor, what kind of golfer are you in the foursome? Uh, I'm, I'm kind of with Brian. I'm, I'm positive. I mean, I'm always kind of complimenting the best part of the, the game I can, you know, you know, trying to pick the positives out of it. And I think that's part of where the dad thing comes in is always trying to find what you're kids do great or at least do better than they did, you know, they did the round before. So that's who I try to be in the foursome, try to be the positive person. Um, you know, I, I do tend to break down a little bit when I'm, you know, playing with, um, 
I guess the opposite of what Brian was saying is like, you know, the slow player or maybe the selfish player that doesn't, you know, mind your, um, you know, your lines, you know, they're walking on in your, in your putt lines and, you know, they're maybe just not being aware of, you know, for some behind you, that sort of thing. I, um, those folks that are just not aware, I guess, is who I play worse with because I start worrying about what they're doing more than what I should be doing. And so that's, that's something that gets me, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of my summary. I guess I'm best at uh trying to be positive and then um i do break down though when i get stuck with a slow player or somebody that's unaware of what's going on in, in the foursome in general yeah so i wrote down some different kinds of golfers that i play with commonly uh the first one brian you talked about it it's the angry golfer <laughs> the guy that mm. every every missed shot is a swear word uh the game isn't fun it's it's i hate this game uh, this shot sucked, that shot sucked. And, you know, golf, we're right in the cart. You got to hear it from shot to shot. So there's mm-hmm. the angry golfer. I would say this is the guy, I give him a $20 bill and he complains that it's wrinkled. Uh, <laughs> that's the guy, you, you know, he hits a he, he hits a putt from 20 feet out and, it, and it's a foot short and he's mad that it's a foot short. And, and that guy, uh, 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 man, that's tough. I play with some of those. I play with angry golfers. They, they can throw you off. Uh, we got, I, I wrote down the team player. And that's the guy you guys are kind of talking about. Every shot I hit, he's telling me it's amazing. And mm. it's an amazing shot. Oh, great job. Um, you, you almost had it. And <laughs> I don't know if that always helps or not. And so it's like the the team player guy. It's the hype um, man. The hype man. It, he is, yeah. yeah, the yeah. hype man. And, and you know, hype man's good. You need it. It's better than the angry golfer. I'll take that. Mm-hmm. What about the guy, the player, the I'm so bad I should be playing mini golf player? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a, that's kind of uh you know when I say people that are worse than me like it's it makes me feel good not to compete but at the same time when you have somebody that's constantly saying oh I'm just horrible at golf I'm horrible at golf oh that was that was uh, I just I just I shouldn't play this game oh what am I doing um that gets a little annoying <laughs> so it's it's Jared, it's Jared was like, close to close to that in our last round <laughs> oh man you're not kidding I was I was that guy. And so, and this, I mean, man, I'm, I maybe I need to take a hard look at myself because I might be the so bad I should be playing mini golf player. And this is the guy where you're constantly looking for the ball and he hits it and you're, I, I do not play. I, well, it's, it's not that I don't enjoy it. It's that I do not score well with that when you're spending more time looking for his ball than your own. And you can't think of that next shot because we're looking two fairways over because you want to find that top flight. Well, I think it goes, you know, for, for me, it goes more towards Trevor. What Trevor's saying is it's like the pace of play is the most important thing for um, for me when I'm out playing for some, you know, at my home club and stuff too, especially um, it's because everybody wants to get around in three and a half, right? Um, so yeah, if, if you spend too long looking for your ball and it's constantly happening, um, then that's the issue that gets in your head and it's just not a fun round anymore. I think, you know, the players that can say, ah, you know, I don't really need to find that ball. It's only, that's why I play with cheap balls, by the way, um, <laughs> is, is you're okay losing them. You know, like if, if you're, you know, a high handicap player and um, you insist on looking at your, for your ball every time, it just, it slows everybody else down and, and it causes some stress along the way. So um, got to yeah. play by the rules. Got to find yeah. it. You get three minutes. <laughs> well, New yeah, rules. Yeah. You got three I mean, minutes. That's it. Three that's, minutes and five that, seconds. You're out of there. There it is. That's it. Okay. So, well, and that guy, I mean, I think in the same category as the guy where they tee off and then they look at you and go, did you see where my ball went? <laughs> they never see where the ball goes. I mean, that, that, it's always something that just 
gets to me. So if you want me to score high, you you just take that on and uh, you'll you'll affect my score. You'll drop it. Uh, the next one. Okay. I know I definitely play with this kind of guy too in the group, the cheater. And this is the guy that mm-hmm. where you got, you have to keep two scores. You have to keep your score and his mm-hmm. <laughs> because you know, you're up to that green asking, what did you shoot? And, and we've talked about this a little before, but playing with the cheater is always rough. It's rough. Yeah, and, it's- and, and, and I'll admit, I'll admit when I first started playing golf and I was trying to be better. Um, yeah, I was probably one of those guys. <laughs> I, will, <laughs> I will humbly admit that was, that was probably me. But as I got better, I, yeah, I, I appreciate what you guys are saying on that one. Yeah. So you're talking cheater, like fluffing up your lie or foot wedge or what? I mean, like, I guess, uh, what are yeah, you seeing on the? Yeah. Well, okay. I, I could get away. I mean, I'll look to, it doesn't matter if you fluff up your wedge. Ultimately you're cheating yourself, right? right. I'm talking yeah. about the shot was definitely, I mean, we didn't see the splash, but everybody knows it went in and all of a sudden it's the old, oh, here it is. Oh like yeah. A, gotcha. Another one in the pocket <laughs> kind of thing. Fall up, throw yeah, it out there. The other, yeah. The pocket ball drop. Like I got yeah. it right here. <laughs> yeah. What were you playing? Yeah. Oh, what ball is that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's what I was playing. Yeah, the Rodney Dangerfield happy dance with the fo- the ball coming down his his uh, yeah. His leg. I mean, yeah. The foot wedge doesn't bother me so much. Nobody wants to hit a tree, especially when we're having fun on the course. And and the fluffing up doesn't bother me so much either, especially as we're getting into winter rules, of course, right? But yeah. uh, that magic find always kind of goes. Oh, I know it wasn't right there. Yeah. 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 And I guess there's also too another point too, if you're playing competitive, you know, and you're, you're, you're not so much seeing any cheating on the course, but you're playing against a a handicapper that's, you know, consistently always, you know, in the money kind of thing, or always beating you by like, you know, 10 strokes net wise, you know, that, that blatant, like, you know, net game, uh, cheater. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, that's a little annoying too, you know, um, that's, that's for another debate, but that's always something that comes into play. Mm-hmm. Okay, the next type of player for you is the coach. And you know this guy who's always, you come back to the cart and whether you hit a great shot, an average shot, a, a shank shot, he's got the tips to fix it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's, That's probably the toughest one. That's probably the yeah. toughest one to play for, for me, with for I, me. I would, I would agree. I'm there too. So yeah, I mean, I mean, as soon as somebody starts coaching your swing, you just get out of, it's not fun anymore. It's like, this is a golf lesson. Yeah. I, I guess if you're in that position where you're just like ready to quit the game, like Jared was a couple weekends ago and you're looking for any answers <laughs> and you're like, Hey, what am I doing wrong? And then the coach comes in that's totally fine. It's asked for, but the, uh, the, um, just the, the blatant, like, Oh, you got to do this better. I mean, that's, that's terrible to play with. Yeah. I mean, that's why I try to live by the rule that I don't want advice and I don't take it during a round unless you ask for it. There might be something completely horrible with your swing. I mean, we all get the the yips, we all get the shanks, you know, um, I've had them. I had them, like you said, a couple of weeks ago, really was tearing me up. Um, but I try not to take any advice during the round because I agree with you guys. It's It really throws you off when someone's like, oh, I notice what you're doing. You're doing this with your head. And they're, they don't know what you've been working on in your game leading up to it. They don't, right. they don't know what you've been working on in the range. Yeah, Absolutely. <clears throat> Okay, the last one, I think we we kind of fell into this. It's it's of course, it's the dad. The dad is the your foursome player who's just out there for a good time because he doesn't get out very much. So whatever happens happens, usually ends up being the talker and and I think <laughs> that's me <laughs> on the course is I found myself doing this when we played last is just talking and <laughs> I realized Tiger Woods would hate playing with me. Because Tiger is notorious for not talking during a round. I don't know if you guys have ever read that. The other pros say he doesn't say a word. Like he, mm-hmm. he refuses mm-hmm. to speak to him. So 
I, I am probably like Tiger's nemesis. If he was forced to play around with me, if it ever happens, he would just hate me. Because I, I just talk, you know, and I find myself on the eighth hole. I'm talking as we're driving up and we stop ninth tee. Hey, I'm still talking. And we're still, we're going to pick that story right back up. <laughs> so do you, do you at least uh, pause for three seconds while they're in their backswing on the tee box? Or do you keep just talking? Uh, I do. I try to. Yeah, I recognize the backswing. But I, you know what? I do play with guys that don't. And that does affect me. And I think I need to really right. re-listen to our episode with Dr. Cannon because I need to block that out. And when I was asking questions, a lot of it is for myself. I need to block. These guys are talking and I'm letting it get to me. That's because yeah. you started the conversation, Jared. <laughs> I know, man. <laughs> okay. So I'll do There's- a round where I don't talk. I'll do a silent <laughs> round and see how I play. Yeah. I think I think that I think that's um, where you get a casual golfer versus like a tournament golfer because for me like I need distraction. I, it's like when I was studying in college, like I need that that background noise. Um, it's too silent, then I just I start going nuts in my head. So I, I need that that music playing. I need you know the conversation going. Um, but yeah, backswing. It's you can you can be quiet for that. I think you are the music <laughs> guy. That's right. You yeah. guys, you guys are both yeah. the music guys. But you, it used to bother me when I first started. People first started doing it, but I, I have gotten through that now. It doesn't. The music doesn't bother me in the swing anymore. Yeah. How about the song change, Brian? Can you hit through a song change? Uh, I, I will hit. Yeah, <laughs> will I hit yeah, well just, through a song change? I don't know. No. Like, yeah. it, it just depends on how how drastic it is, right? So, but yeah, that's that's a good point. Like, it's you got to time that right. You got to get in a groove. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So let's go into kids then, and I've got some tips on how to make your kids a better playing partner. So here's some here's some things that broke down. You guys already went through a little bit of it, but number one tip here's what you should teach your kids: don't judge another person's game. Okay, so mm-hmm. just don't mm-hmm. judge it. Let them play. Number two, be a friend, not a teacher. And we talked about that, coach. Um, and I think you guys also referred to it's being positive and I'm going to get to that one because that one's really big at the end here. Uh, number three, we put have fun, but focus because you do need to dial it in, but you also need to know it's a game, especially when we're talking kids, the game should be fun. It it shouldn't be Tiger Woods walking down the course silent. You know, you don't want to take everything out of it. We all know youth sports should be a fun time. You shouldn't be able to enjoy it. And, uh, number four, the best advice to give is to be positive. And so it kind of leads into the the most known rule among caddies, and I read about this, is never be negative on the course. And here's some examples you could teach your kids. And I'm going to use this for my own game, guys, so you can, you can call me on it when we play again. Don't say something like, hey, don't leave it short on a putt. Instead, you could say, hey, that putt has a lot of uphill. And if there's water on the right, don't say water on the right, don't hit it there. Instead, you could say, hey, your target is fairway left. So finding ways to rephrase something will help your teammates. Don't draw attention to the negative. Be positive. Have a little fun on the course. Um, that's absolutely true. And don't teach your teammates, please. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there was a yeah. little, um, it was the last tournament. I can't remember what uh, it was. I don't know if you guys saw this, but it was golf.com. Uh, Jordan Spieth. Oh, it was Michael Greller. Yeah. So we had a discussion about this. Uh, Jordan mm-hmm. Spieth's caddy, unfortunately, his mom passed away this last weekend. And uh, so Jordan had to scramble to get a, a caddy and he, he got his dad. And so his dad came met up um, with him and started caddying for him. And uh, his dad on the 13th basically says, as Jordan's walking into a, um, an approach shot, he says, hey, don't overdo this one. <laughs> and, and Jordan Spieth 
backs off of it and he says, dad, that's like a no, no, you don't do that. Like starts to have a conversation apparently or something about this and just says, this is not <laughs> yeah. something you do. You don't, this yeah. is like a, a no, no, you don't do it. And he's like, well, I just want to tell you because on 11, this was like on 13, uh, that Jordan was playing this hole. And he's like, well, cause like two holes ago on 11, you, you overdid a little bit and, <laughs> and that's a different, different relationship, you know, dad versus son. But, um, it was kind of funny. Yeah. And, uh, I think Jordan so got a laugh you- out of it cause he played pretty well actually, but um, that's, that's just something like, you know, I try not to tell my kids, Hey, there's water over there. Don't hit it over there. You know? Yeah. So his, his caddy, his dad broke two rules right there that we just talked about, which is, uh, he was negative instead of being positive. That's number one. Yep. And he was trying to be a teacher, not a friend. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Exactly. Two rules. Two rules. That's- exactly. So, I mean, that is, that is a well-known rule in the caddies. Don't be negative. So, and mm-hmm. I, and I know that the belief is that don't let any of that negative thought creep in. Let's keep it you know, focus me on the left side of the fairway and I'm going to block out the water on the right. Now we know all pros hit into water. We know they hit it out of bounds. We know they miss putts, but it's a, uh, it's a great tip to take away. So next time we play guys, if you hear me say, Hey, don't leave it short, unless I'm trying, we're not a team. Maybe I'm trying to make him <laughs> leave yeah. it short. I heard that a lot when we were playing last time we were together, Jared. I was I trying anything. You're getting I in my head. Tr- I was reaching. <laughs> so uh, talking about some foursomes, how about when you're paired up with a random group? Brian, you, I think you had, a, you had something to talk about with a random group. Yeah, the random groups. Um, yeah, it's when you just want to get out of play and, and, you know, there's a spot open with another twosome. It's, you know, how do you act and, um, you know, what is the experience like? Um, and I found, so I, I had this, um, this summer, um, at one point I was trying to get in an early round, um, so I can get home and, and get to the kids and stuff. And, um, I got paired with uh, these two older women and you're, you know, you're kind of like, yeah, okay. This is not my, my typical group, my typical foursome. <laughs> um, but, um, it was actually one of the best rounds that I've ever experienced <laughs> playing golf. And, uh, this maybe this goes back to the fact that I was playing with people that might be worse than me. Um, <laughs> but, um, at the same time, um, it, it wasn't that they were worse because, um, you know, they were bad golfers. It was just that they would hit hundred yard shots. That was just their game. It was just hundred yard shots. Don't care. Right down the middle of the fairway. I wasn't trying to compete with them. Um, I wasn't, you know, interested in, um, you know, I, I guess what they were doing, I was just there playing golf almost by myself. Right. But having like that, you know, conversation and, and somebody to just, you know, talk to and, and, and enjoy the game, enjoy the walk through the park that, that golf, it really is. And, and I, I actually played probably my best round of the summer, um, just, just with them, just because there was no stress, no pressure. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I think the random group is a, it's, it's a, it's a dice game though. Cause I, I've played with, um, you know, random people, um, same situation, just trying to get in and, and they're nice people, but, um, they're one of the, you know, they break one of the five rules we just talked about. Either they're trying to be a coach to you and they don't even know you. So <laughs> that's extra annoying when it's a random group, right. Rather than your buddies, um, or they're, you know, the super negative person or they're, you know, um, I don't know. For me, they're, they're the quiet golfer, Jared. <laughs> they're the ones that aren't, aren't, you know, aren't interacting with you. So it's just a, a quiet walk. So. Yeah. And you know, when you're talking about playing with those ladies, I know I'd be trying to get to know them, but it wouldn't be because I'd be wanting to talk to them more. It'd be more about, Hey, do you like two-year-olds? Because I need a babysitter ladies. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys like kids? 
<laughs> yeah, well, well, that was that was definitely part of our conversation. Not, I wasn't trying to get them to be a babysitter, but um, you know, they they have kids and their kids are having kids now. So we were definitely talking about our kids and and my wife. They they kept like every time I play with uh, you know some women at the club, they're always trying to get my wife to play because they want more more women in, involved in the game. Um, but yeah, w- you know, those conversations came up. Oh, hire kids, you know. So I, I guess you know talking to them about that kind of stuff, you know, took your mind off of golf and your golf game and just allowed you to kind of play free. It was good. All right. Well, that's going to lead us into our tips for the week. And so the first thing I want to talk about is the our golf tip of the week is actually about your grip. And guys, we talked about when we got together and played and, and I hadn't really been able to talk to you guys about this. But after we knocked out about 54 holes of golf in a very short time, I came home and I had a lot of pain in my hands, um, especially in my left, left thumb. I noticed that it was incredibly sore and I actually haven't played since trying to rest it. Uh, and the pain, as I did a little bit more research and talking to some some experts, the pain is from an incorrect grip. And so I did a little research on this to find, you know, my grip had two fundamental problems and it's very common with guys who are just beginning golf. And the very first one is the amount of pressure on the grip. And I looked back and there is a great source. There's a great video from me and my golf where they talk about the proper grip pressure that you want to have on the club. And so the tip is these guys, they talk about you grab the club and you, you squeeze it really hard and make a mental note of how hard you're squeezing and, and tell yourself that's a 10 and then squeeze it really, really light, as light as you possibly can, where it's almost going to fall out of your hands. And that's a one. And from there, you you want to be, and, and some guys will tell you to be around a five or a six, and others will tell you about a three or a four. But the important part is you don't want to squeeze it too hard. And so my grip, number one, was too much pressure. And I know I was putting too much on that left thumb. And the second thing uh, with this that I saw, a different tip that we found, is that you need to make sure your hands are aligned properly on the grip. And you can do it really easily with a T and you place the T right in that V of your, your thumb and your index finger and you go ahead and, and you're going to line that down the club shaft. And then you can do the same with your right hand. And that's a very easy way to align your hands. And the, the other piece that me and my golf talk about is that when you're holding that club, if you're not sure on your pressure, you want to feel the club head moving around. So if you hold your club up and down, an iron, you can grab any iron, grab your seven iron right now and and get your grip aligned, use the tees and hold that club up in the air. And if you can't feel the head moving around, if you can't feel the weight of it, you're gripping it too hard. And it sounds pretty simple, but when you do it, guys, you'll see that the club head, you'll know when you're gripping it too hard. You're not going to feel that weight moving. And they also talked about you can do it other ways. And I've seen guys do this. They'll, they'll address the ball and they'll pick the club head off the ground just a little bit. And they just want to move it around to feel that weight. And so they'll work it around in that grip and loosen it a little bit. And, and so my grip really caused a lot of pain in that left thumb. So if you're f- seeing some of that pain in your thumb, and it was also with my right pinky, um, it could be the issue of your grip pressure or how your hands are aligned on the club shaft as well. Cool. Good tip. Thanks, Jared, for researching all that. That's great. I uh, I know that after we played all those holes of golf and on the simulator, um, I was definitely dealing with some uh, some blisters on my hands. So I'll have to take a look at that. And you know, I heard you say, Jared, that these um, V's have to kind of align with the shaft. But um, I've heard, well, 
neutral grip to strong grip would be that those V's have to line to your right shoulder too. So, yeah, uh, I'm glad you point. You're right. You're right. You can, so you got neutral grip, you can go with a strong grip or you can go with a weak grip. It really does depend on your swing a little bit. I guess what I'm describing, that's, that's a starting point and mm-hmm. see how it feels, see how you swing, check your ball flight and, and you can adjust and, you know, pros will tell you they'll, they'll adjust that grip as they need. So, and, and I am not a pro, you guys saw it firsthand. Um, but yeah, Trevor, do you know if you, if you run a strong grip or a weak grip or do you go with the neutral? I'm, I'm slightly strong. And, um, you know, I think another thing to, to, to say is to pick up power is to put it, you know, in your, um, the crease just below your fingers. So it's actually called your MTP joint. So that would generate more power rather than in the flat palm of your hand. So trying to do that as well. So that also gives you a little more power. So your club is actually being held by your fingers rather than your true palm. So that's part great. Of it as yeah. Well. Brian. Yeah. I'm Brian and your blisters. Did you have them in your palm or did you, you have it on your fingers? Uh, on my palm. So just right on the top of my palm, um, right before the fingers start, <laughs> that's where, that's where yeah. all my, all my blisters start. And so, um, yeah, it happens every time I, I, I swing too much. Um, so golf trips, everything like that, it happens. Uh, play around 18, I'm fine. Um, can definitely feel them, but it's when you get multiple days in a row. That's when it yeah. the starts, starts barking. The weekend yeah. golfer, for sure. Yeah. Right. Okay, so our parent tip this week, it's going to build upon what we talked about with Dr. Cannon a, l- a little bit, which is breathing. And I, I recently did some workshops with uh, UCSF and supr- surrounding this work that we're doing with parents and, and kids right now with, you know, it starts with the stress of COVID. And, but it's really, it's something that's persistent across, you know, kids being at home and anxiety across sports, everything. And it's really talking about the breath. And so during this time, one of the best things you can teach your kids is how to regulate breathing. And you want to encourage, and this is for yourself too, as parents, because I know we've talked pretty, pretty openly about being frustrated as a parent. And one of the things you should do is take a pause at multiple times of your day, take literally five minutes and focus on, you know, resetting and using your breath to do that. So the exercise is really simple and I'm going to teach you guys this so you can do it on your own. You want to... It's, it's called a four, six, eight exercise. So very easy to remember. And what you'll do is you take your breath and you'll inhale for four seconds, and then you're going to hold for six seconds, and then you're going to exhale for a count of eight. And you want to repeat this as much as you need to, and you can do it for about five minutes. And I guarantee it's going to regulate yourself uh, for that time. And the second thing you can do, and you can teach your kids this, is that if they're feeling stressed or feeling anxious, they have something that's bothering they, or, you know, even in a sporting event, how to regulate that breath. There's another piece from Dan Siegel. He's very famous talking about the brain. And he says, you take your hands and you take your right hand and you're going to place it on your, your upper chest. And then you're going to take your left hand and place it on your stomach. And if that's not comfortable, cause your hands, you're, you know, you're the opposite. You can go ahead and flip those if you want, but let's say right hand on your upper chest, left hand on your stomach, and you're going to place just a little bit of pressure there. And then you're going to do that breathing with the four, six, and eight and repeat that a few times. Trust me, this is a skill that you would want to apply to yourself. And this is a skill you want to teach your kids. It is absolutely fantastic for regulating yourself. Uh, You can do it in any regular day. So guys, do it tomorrow when you're stressed out and you're overworked. Take five minutes, Mm -hmm. do a little breath, uh, close your eyes. You can stand up, sit in a chair. Absolutely phenomenal for regulating yourself. 
Awesome. And then uh, for the kids, uh, we just bought a book that's similar to this. It's called The Belly Breath. So um, go check it out for all the parents. It's a good book to read with your um, your toddlers about getting that started. Absolutely. And Jared, if you see me doing this on our next round, it means you're talking too much on the tee box. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking to I'm distracting you on the tee box. You need a little moment. Yeah. Uh, if you see me doing it, I'm having a bad round and I need to reset. <laughs> oh, all right, guys. I hope this episode helped you out in some way. We learned how to teach your kids to be better teammates and we learned how to control your breathing. So apply that to your dad game. Apply it to your golf game. Uh, become that better dad, husband and golfer. I really love connecting with you guys. Remember to give us a shout out, uh, tag the episode, send us an email, send us your questions, and we'll include you in our next episode. And uh, hopefully you guys get around in this weekend. You just listen for free. Now here's the deal. Go to our website at birdiedads.com and join us. You will get our golf starters guide and our golf coloring book for kids free right now by signing up. It just takes an email. Thanks for hanging out with us and we'll see you next time.